With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It's me. It's me. It's the D-O-double-G, the road dog, Jesse James. And by my side, as always, is that B-A-double-D-A-double-crooked-letter-badass Billy Gunn. Together we are the New Age Outlaws. And you're listening to the VOC Nation. And if you ain't down with that, he's got two words for you. Suck it. VOC Nation provides live daily streaming shows where fans have the ability to interact with the hosts and guests by phone call, email, and Twitter. VOC Nation hosts include the legendary Ken Resnick, who you probably remember from the AWA and WWE, former WCW performer, the Maestro, Wes Briscoe, who you probably remember from Impact, Brady Hicks, who you remember from Pro Wrestling Illustrated, former WWE and TNA star, Shelly Martinez, and former Philly radio personality, Bruce Wirt. VOC Nation's two most popular shows are Wrestling With History, featuring Ken Resnick and Bruce Wirt, Streaming live on Wednesday nights at 9.30 Eastern. And, of course, In the Room, featuring Pro Wrestling Illustrated's Brady Hicks and WCW alum The Maestro. And, by the way, both of these shows take callers live during the show. What are you waiting for? Go listen live right now at VOCNation.com and subscribe to all of our podcasts by searching for VOC Nation Radio Network on your favorite podcast app. Oh, and follow them on Twitter, too, at VOCNation. My name is C.T. McManus, and for the next little while, it is my job to take your mind off the craziness of the world out there and get it focused back in on some good old-fashioned rock and roll. Guys, we have a phenomenal show for you this evening. We're going to be joined by Richard McDeed, who is the head founder, along with his son Mason, of Mason Fest. Unfortunately, due to COVID, they had to they had to postpone the concerts that were getting ready to set up. But these guys are an amazing story. Mason 
is uh, he, he suffers with cerebral palsy and his father has taken him to countless metal shows. He's been front row for many, pulled up on stage by some of the, some of the biggest names in rock. We're going to be talking all that. We're going to be talking Mason Fest and everything in between. And then joining us in the 7 o'clock hour is going to be Bang Tango. Guys, I am so excited to, to have those guys join us, man. We have such a great show. We are going to be rocking it. Today, in 1966, here's a little bit of history for you. In 1966, the Beatles would have given their last American rock and roll show. This was their last show, their last live show on U.S. soil back in 1966. Also, in 1958, Roy Orbison's Pretty Woman was released. So, a little bit of information there for you. So we're going to get things rolling here in honor of Bang Kango joining us at 7 o'clock. Here is someone like you.
Hey, this is Total Package, Lex Luger, and you're listening to the VOC Nation. Don't miss out. Check out In the Room every Tuesday night at 9. Listen in. Pro Wrestling Illustrated's Brady Hicks, former WCW star Stro Maestro, Kathy Fitz, Matt Grimm. And you and Ray are there too, right, Ray? We sure are, and we've got great guests like Lex Luger, AJ Styles, Kaku, and more. It's a heck of a party. Plus, I didn't get thrown off uh, buildings. And then uh, I didn't get pregnant either. Sometimes I think it gets so ridiculous. We were getting into like snuff film territory there. In the room, 9 p.m. Eastern on VOC Nation. Wrestling with history, the voice of choice, and killer can wrestling. When I die, they're going to open me up and find about 2,000 undigested Northwest Airline cheese omelets. Mr. Chris Cruz, what's going on? Jesus, how did I get roped into this? General Adnan went to school with Saddam Hussein. He cried, I cried, he cried, and who could have Adnan lost a lot of family in the Iraqi war. Everybody loves Granny. Wow. Yeah, see, a lot of people don't know that. Yes, Taylor, you guys are busting me up. Catch Wrestling With History with Ken Resnick and I live on VOCNation.com Wednesday nights at 9.30 Eastern Time or listen to the podcast by searching VOC Nation Radio Network on your favorite podcast app. Stadium Journey, the worldwide leader in stadium reviews for the traveling sports fan, is proud to present the Stadium Journey podcast on VOC Nation. Join us as we talk with prominent figures from around the sports world to discuss issues pertaining to sports travel and stadiums around the globe. New episodes air on VOC Nation Wednesdays at 6 p.m. Join Paul Baker, Dave Cartney, Mark Viquez, Dan Calachico, and guests from throughout the sports world on the Stadium Journey podcast on VOC Nation. Each and every Thursday night, check it out. WCW star Stro Maestro takes you on a journey. It's WCW Retro. Talking old school match of the week. Talking dream matches. Taking your calls and looking back on an incredible career of acting, entertaining, and wrestling. Check it out. VOCNation.com. WCW Retro. Be sure to call in Thursday nights, 9 Eastern, on the VOC Nation Radio Network. Yo, this is Jerry Stein of the Nasty Boys. Yeah, Brian Knobs here. You get ready to get nasty? Well, listen to the VOC Nation, baby, because it's about to get nasty all around and up in this mother. Get ready. Nasty sensation is coming at you. The worldwide leader in entertainment. This is the VOC Nation Radio Network. Welcome back to the Rock and Roll Union Podcast. Right before commercial, we were listening to Just Another Heartache by Spencer and the Elegant Blackouts, man. Really, really miss those guys. Big shout out to those guys, man. And uh, miss all all our live friends and family and missing the live events. And with that in mind, we're going to uh, we're going to take a little walk down memory lane, uh, remembering Spencer from back in November. He did. The, uh, they did this little jam called "Me or the Bottle." Hope you enjoy.
There was a little walk down memory lane back in November when we had uh, one of our many events. And, uh, man, we miss it. And talking about missing events and wishing the live scene would come back, it is my pleasure to introduce Rick McDee from Mason Fest. Rick, you with us? Yes, sir. How you doing? Good, man. How have you been? Real good here. Kind of waiting for that live music to get started again. Uh, I'm telling you. I mean, how are you guys holding up without the uh, without the live scene going on? How's everything been? You know, going good, but uh, I tell you what, two weeks ago, a worldwide panic came and did a live acoustic show for Mason in the garage. And by the second oh. song, he was singing with the band. So that helped out <laughs> quite a bit. That's awesome. So, yeah. uh, last time we talked, you you had a lot of people lined up, and I know firsthand because I, I have friends in a lot of the bands that were supposed to be uh, taking part in Mason Fest. Do you guys have a tentative rescheduled date right now? We don't have a date exactly. I'm going to guess the second or week, second or third week of August next summer. Okay. I've uh, listened to this one. I, I couldn't find a big venue to get some, uh, you know, the kind of party I wanted to have for Mason. So I called home to my uh, small hometown of Jackson, Minnesota, and the guy I called, he was the vice president of the county fair board. So now we've got 225,000 acres to work with. Oh, wow, that's beautiful. Man. Yeah. And, I mean, with everything going on, uh, with with the way the world's been and with COVID going around, I know you've had your – your personal connection with it. Has it been tough? Uh, has there been extra steps that you've had to take with Mason due to all this? Almost definitely. I've, I've, uh, I scaled back on help coming into the home uh, just to, just to keep uh, variables down. And yeah, it's, it's, it's a challenge for him, but uh, we're doing good so far. So that's what matters. That's awesome. Yeah. I mean, I know a lot of, um, a lot of people are chomping at the bit, and a lot of places in the country are kind of rushing headfirst into getting back to the live music. But uh, I, I really think we need to be cautious, and I know with you, what you've gone through that it, it's got to be tough for you guys, but you you got to be wanting to play it cautious too. Am I right? Oh, for sure, for sure. I you know I'm, I lost my mother to this virus, and it took me two months to bury her. So I might, it's yeah. something I take very personally. We've got a lot and of special needs families. We've having a lot of special needs families that are going to be coming to these parties, and their 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 safety is my concern. That's so uh, with, with them coming in. How's that whole thing set up? How's it? What's it look like? Well, uh, we're going to do 500 bands in my hometown, and we're hoping to do 5,000 bands worldwide. That wow. that is the awesome. ultimate goal for Mason. Uh, you know, we had almost 1,300 bands lined up for last March, and he wants a bigger party, so that's what Dad's going to give him. <laughs> now, with you going through uh, doing all you do with the metal scene, with the rock scene, and everything, uh, I know you've had some naysayers along the way. How do you guys handle that? How do you... Uh, I, I, I've seen it firsthand, but I know that you guys go through a lot of crap like that. How do you how do you deal with that? You know what? There is so much positive support coming from the family that I really don't take much notice to it. You know, out of out of uh, a million people, we might get ten that don't like us. That's okay. 
Yeah. Uh, I don't. I'm not, I'm not doing it for them. So, uh, talking a little bit about Mason and the, the shows that you guys have been to, and uh, some of the some of the rockers that he got to meet firsthand. Who has been Boy, you say, monumental as far as uh, help with Mason Fest or with getting the word out? Boy, Blind Illusion and Heathen and Exodus. I've been talking to them for months. They're all excited about coming and playing this next show. Um, you know, I've, I've taken Mason. You know, last summer we did a 66-day, 24,000-mile road trip. We went from Rockfest to Rock USA to Montreal 77. I'm up in Montreal. I walked Mason through the largest Slayer mosh pit I've seen in my life. <laughs> he, body surfed, he body surfed three times the Slayer in Montreal. That's awesome. We got to, yeah, by the time we got to California to see uh, Metallica, the SNM2 last September, uh, the first night coming off the stage, James Hetfield shook Metal Lord's hand right in front of my very eyes. Oh, that wow. That has to be the, the, the coolest moment I've ever had in my life because there was my hero since I was a kid shaking my other hero's hand. Man, and, and I mean, with how's Mason holding up right now? I knew I know it's kind of tough for him to not have the live scene that you guys are so accustomed to what, what are you guys doing with your time now? You know what? Well, fortunately there is so much positive support coming for what we're doing here that Mason probably two, three, four, five, maybe even every day in the week, Mason gets something from some band somewhere in this world. And, wow, you know, just, yeah, just being able to talk about, you know, what he's getting and, 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 the, and how people love him. Um, you know, that, that helps, that helps, you know, and, um, very fortunate and very blessed to have all these people gathered around, you know, just, just one big family. So, uh, what is next? I know everyone's waiting for the, for the world to get back to what we were. Um, what's next for you guys, as far as Mason Fest, I know you're looking at August of next year is the lineup kind of solidified at this point as far as your area is concerned? No, I'm still, you know, I'm, I'm hope I'm hoping to have a, a, a five or a seven day long party. So I'm looking wow. for more help. Yeah. I'm looking for more help. Um, we're going to, we're going to do the largest battle of the bands. Every community on the planet is, is asked to be involved with it. Um, just, just because this is about community as well. And the bands in our communities that aren't getting the proper support, um, you know, other than guys like you, my brother, they, 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 uh, we need to do something more for our children. And my, my drum, you know, a lot of people don't realize this, but my daughter, she's a drummer. And so I get a good taste of what it's like being a father of someone who's a musician and not getting support from the community, you know? So yeah. I'm looking, maybe Mason Metal Fest can help change that. I've, I've kicked around the idea that maybe we start Mason's party in March and we carry it all the way to August, you know, because first it was a one day party and then it was a one month long party for national CP awareness month. And that turned into a 66 day party and then it got canceled. So now here I am looking at it. How do we <laughs> make, give him a bigger party because he deserves it. You know, right. what metal or gets once he gets is what I've been told. And I guess that's probably true. 
Now, with all that acreage and stuff that you guys are going to be working with, uh, are you perceiving uh, camping and things along that line if you're trying to stretch the festival that long? Oh, definitely, definitely. There, there's RV sites there. There's camping there. I know farmers for miles because that's where I grew up. And, the, you know, the, the fair board, we talked about the vice president being a buddy of mine. He's also on the city council. And the community is very much behind Mason. They want to give him a, a parade, which he's just excited about. Wow. And, yeah. It, it, what, what's going to happen is we're going to start this in the smallest town of Minnesota, um, it's going to spread just like when Megadeth had their P-Cells uh, listening party that I was at. The smallest town in Minnesota, Fairmont, Minnesota, was the only radio station that would play their music. So this, this is going to start from there, and it's going to spread everywhere in the United States, just like it has been in the world. Man, that's, that's great. Now, uh, you're looking at getting everybody pretty much trying to be on the same date or in the same week. And what's great yeah. is with technology, you guys are able to maybe live stream some of the other areas to your spot. So Mason can see it firsthand. And exactly. And that's kind of what I'm thinking about starting it off earlier and, and carrying it on so that we can give some exposure to these bands that are going to be playing a Mason metal fest, because that's what it's all about. You know, they're, they're, they're awesome enough to take their time and play for my son. It's, it's the least I can do is help get them noticed by other people. And that's what this is about to me. Now, with all the, the – you're linked directly to a certain charity, am I right? We're actually – it's the best seat in the house. It's the charity that – the business that I started for Mason. And okay. uh, we're, we're, we're going to – keep doing festivals like this, but in order to be be able to keep doing festivals like this, we need some capital going forward to do bigger and better things. You know, my, right. my, 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 goal, my goal is for Mason Metal Fest and our metal family to start the Mason Art and Music Fest and have all artists and all musicians special needs and not playing together. That way everybody is involved. The entire community call- is involved. I, I call that the metal family's gift to the world. Now, is there any uh, any area where people can go to to help support? Is there uh, any kind of GoFundMe or anything set up if anyone wanted to donate? There is a there is a GoFundMe page for for the best seat in the house and Mason Metal Fest. No, my 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 goal my end goal would be would be to have two festivals a year. Two festivals a year to bring attention to our communities, our special needs, and not musicians playing together. You know, one one doesn't seem like enough. If we can talk about it all year round, then we can get more people involved, and that's what we want. We want everybody involved. Yeah, absolutely. And if you could do me a favor and uh, drop the uh, the GoFundMe on the Rock and Roll Union page, that way we can get that out there and we can back you guys up the best that we can. And uh, we both man, I, we I, I see a lot of great stuff coming down the pike for you guys, man. And I got to say, as a father, I really admire all the stuff that you do and all the work that you put in for Mason. You know, I appreciate that. You know, three years ago, I brought him home from the hospital. And before I left the hospital, I sat in a, a room with three doctors that I know and trust. And they told me I should send my son to a hospice. And I said, you know, that's not going to happen. I'm, I'm at the best hospital with the best doctors and nurses on the planet. 
And it took me weeks for me to train you in on his brain injury, right? So he has come a long way in, in three years. It took me a year and a half to heal him. He's maybe not back to 100%. I mean, that's one of the problems with having 107.9 temperature. Every time you do, you lose a little bit of something. He's had four of them. He's had four of them and has went through 133 surgeries and who knows how many more near-life experiences that guy's had, you know. He's here because he fights to live. And the pictures that I see that you guys put up are just, I mean – the, the love and the caring that's there between the two of you guys, you guys share a bond that appears unbreakable between the two of you. And between all the miles and everything that you guys put in, I'm sure it's been a great ride. It has been a great ride. You know, in the, in the, in the early days, it was him and my daughter and me that were always road tripping. And sure enough, she grew up and left home. And for the longest time, you know, you, you, I wonder what I, Mason and I were going to do. Little did I know he had this plan already in action. So, I mean, yeah, he really did. He's always got my back, so it kind of works both ways. People say, you know, you've taken care of Mason for 24 years. And I, I have to look at them and say, Mason has taken care of me for 24 years. I'm the lucky one. Wow. Well, Rick, man, thank you so much for coming on tonight. And like I said, please post all the uh, the GoFundMe and everything so we can support you guys. And I, I know we'll be in touch with each other as uh, the days go by and the, the show gets even closer. That's awesome. That's awesome. I'm hoping within the, maybe the next month I've got the dates zeroed down on what the real plan is. Right now I'm still waiting on a couple of people that want to help. Um, I actually have a friend that knows – uh, David Ellison, who grew up in our hometown. Oh yeah, uh, I seen him. Yeah, I first seen him play at that race tra- or at, at, at that fairgrounds when he was 13 years old and I was 11 years old, long before there was a Megadeth, right? So th- I know wow. this is real special for them. I'm ho- I'm hoping I can maybe get them to play, but they've got a very busy schedule next year. So I'm trying to keep it open so that if they want to and they can, I, we can have them play in our hometown. That would be awesome. Yeah. So once we, once we get some details, I'll definitely be sharing them with you. Sounds great. Thank you so much, Rick. Send my best to Mason. Yep. And, uh, man, you guys just keep on trucking. We'll do that. We'll do that. Thanks for having us on, and you guys have an awesome day. You too. Thank Bye-bye. you. Bye. So there was Rick McDeed of Mason Fest, man, wishing those guys the best they're going to put up the uh, GoFundMe page and everything on the Rock and Roll Union Facebook page. So keep an eye out for that. We're going to be uh, supporting those guys the best way that we can. And it's great because there's so many out there that need all kinds of help. And just trying to get the community together is an amicable, amicable uh, notion. But taking another little walk, down uh, down memory lane. This comes from the Rock and Roll Union second birthday party. Back with Tonal Crush. Here is one tear. Birthday bash. Yeah. Hell yeah. These guys kick ass. Can I get a, just a little bit more of the monitor vocal one? I can't hear it. 
<laughs> All right.
This is Lance Storm, and if I can be serious for a minute, you're listening to VOC Nation Worldwide. VOC Nation is one of the longest-running wrestling podcast networks. Having started way back in 2010, VOC Nation provides daily streaming shows where fans have the ability to interact with their hosts and guests via phone calls, emails, and Twitter. VOC Nation hosts also include former backstage interviewer from both AWA and WWE, Ken Resnick, former WCW performer The Maestro, former Impact performer Wes Crisco, Pro Wrestling Illustrated contributor Brady Hicks, and former Philadelphia radio personality Bruce Works. VOC Nation's two most popular shows are Wrestling with History, featuring Ken Resnick and Bruce Works, streaming live on Wednesday nights at 9.30 p.m. Eastern, and In the Room, featuring Pro Wrestling Illustrated's Brady Hicks and WCW alum The Maestro. Both shows take callers live during the show, and recent guests have included... General Adnan, Tito Santana, Haku, Earl Hebner, Danger Sandy Davis, Jimmy Hart, Ricky Steamboat, Brodus Clay, and so many more. Archive free content includes past interviews with huge names like Paul Hogan, Jesse Ventura, Kurt Angle, Sting, Mick Foley, Joey Styles, Howard Finkel, and so many more. Listen live at VOCNation.com and subscribe to all the podcasts by searching VOC Nation Radio Network on your favorite podcast app. And be sure to follow these guys on Twitter, at VOC Nation. Rock and Roll Union for the past two years has been the place for rock and roll, new rock and roll, debuting rock and roll, and some of the old classics as well. We have welcomed guests from around the world, national artists and more. We've excited many people by our live events. We've welcomed everybody into the fold, and we continue to do so on a weekly basis. Guys, that is Rock and Roll Union, and that is what we do for you. Saturdays, 6 p.m. Eastern, VOCNation.com. Wakey, wakey, eggs and bakey. The morning after, right here on the VOC Nation Radio Network. Brady Hicks and... Homeboy Rap Boy here. I tell you what, we got a good show right here in the afternoon at 12 o'clock. Eastern Standard Time on the VOC Nation. Talking wrestling, football, news, whatever's going on in the world today. VOCNation.com. Each and every Thursday night, check it out. WCW star Stro Maestro takes you on a journey. It's WCW Retro. Talking old school match of the week. Talking dream matches. Taking your calls and looking back on an incredible career of acting, entertaining, and wrestling. Check it out. VOCNation.com. WCW Retro. Be sure to call in Thursday nights, 9 Eastern, on the VOC Nation Radio Network. The worldwide leader in entertainment. This is the VOC Nation Radio Network. Welcome back to the Rock and Roll Union Podcast, guys. Coming up momentarily, we'll be talking with the guys in Bang Tango, man. They've reunited for the first time in a long time this past year. Did one show at the Rainbow in Hollywood back in January. And then COVID hit and everything was put on hold. So we're going to be talking to those guys, talk about the reunion. They're all back with original members. First time in a long time. And we're going to be talking about their offshoot bands. Uh, we're going to be talking about all kinds of stuff, guys. So, uh, yeah, we'll be talking with Mark Knight and Joe Lestay. And we're going to be talking uh, Unsung Heroes with Mark Knight, Beautiful Creatures talk about bang tango and a lot more so they're going to be calling in momentarily looking 
back again on some of the events that happened this this day in rock back in 1982. Abracadabra by Steve Miller hit number one on the charts. Uh, looking through. In 2000, Slipknot caused chaos at this year's Kerrang! Awards after smashing glasses, setting fire to their table, throw, throwing a monitor off the stage, and destroying a microphone. That's great. That's rock and roll, man. You don't you don't get much better than that. When it comes to award shows, I think the trashier you can make them, the better. Cannot stand award shows in any fashion. And what's even worse to, than award shows to me is the Rock Hall of Fame, and we all know what a sham that is. So hopefully everybody's uh, having a great weekend, missing the live events that are out there. And uh, so many was set up for outside, but when we're dealing with outside events, man, nothing stops Mother Nature. So due to all the wetness and the storms and all that going on, Everything got postponed, and it's just a killer, man. And within a couple weeks' time, all this outside dining, all this music outside, it's going to change because the weather's going to be getting colder. So a little hope with Murphy stating this past week, for Jersey at least, uh, we're one of the last ones to uh, climb on board with the back-to-inside dining that we'll be able to start Hopefully mid mid September we'll be able to start doing inside dining again, but only at twenty five percent capacity. So I don't know what live music's going to look like at twenty five percent capacity. But I, I've been to a couple original shows, and it, I don't think it's going to be much different, honestly. So a lot of good stuff, man, and just really, really thinking about all the stuff that uh, we're missing. But you know what? The music goes on. The rock goes on. So much good stuff. And I, I, you know, I've talked to a lot of people and for some reason, everyone seems to be having this burst of inspiration right now. And hopefully this burst of inspiration is finding you if you're an artist and you are crafting your originals. Hopefully you're getting your stuff together, your merch. And while we're talking merch, make sure that you check out the guys at Phoenix Custom Printing. Guys, call Phoenix Custom Printing for all your rock and roll print needs. Guys, you contact them. You let them know you heard this on the Rock and Roll Union podcast. You will get 20% off all your rock printing needs. And, guys, it is my extreme pleasure to introduce to you Bang Tango, guys. They are really, I mean, I'm very, very flattered to have them on board. We have Joe Liste and Mark Knight calling in. I believe both guys are on. You guys with me? What's up, CT? Hey, guys. How are you? Do I have both of you guys on the line? (laughs) Joe and Mark. Can you hear me? I hear both of you guys. Oh, I'm here. I'm, I'm here. I'm here. Guys, first, I just wanted to say thank you so much for calling in and uh, taking time out of your weekend to join us tonight. Oh, yeah, no problem, man. So, uh, the the one thing that kind of blew my mind, and I know I'm kind of, I'm I'm actually starting in the current and kind of working my way back, 
you know, you guys hadn't been together as a full unit with all original members for how long? Uh, I don't know, Mark. What do you think? Twenty years or something like that, or fifteen? Uh, yeah, it was like t- it, it, at least twenty. Yeah, yeah, about twenty years. Well, yeah, something so like that. I, I got to ask. So you guys hadn't been together for twenty years. You're back mm-hmm. at the Rainbow, back at like where it all began, back in Hollywood, and mm-hmm. you're hitting the stage for the first time in 20 years. A lot of nerves going on, or was it just feeling like you just are riding a bike again? Uh, I think both, to be honest with you. I felt like I was riding a bike again. It felt really good, but you know, at the same time, I was, I was, I was nervous, definitely. How about you, Mark? Uh, you know, yeah, we, we put in a lot of time and getting it together and kind of reuniting and, uh, rehearsing and stuff. But honestly, like it took a long time to actually get on that stage again, because we ended up going on at like 12 o'clock at night and it was like a long wait and there was some nerves, but, uh, you know, that all projected into a, uh, you know, pretty good performance by us, I think. Yeah, I, I think the... Go ahead. I'm sorry. Oh, I was just saying, I think it was pretty awesome myself, you know. I watched the YouTube coverage, man, and you guys were absolutely on point, man. It looked like you guys were having a really good time on stage. Um, Oh, yeah. It looked like you were cohesive again, man. And the the bitch of it all is you guys get together, you, you, you have your first gig under your belt, and then this whole corona thing happens and everything's put on hold again. How you guys been handling Oh, it's, uh, yeah, that that, that was yeah. that was pretty brutal on us, right, Joe? Uh, yeah, yeah. You know, we were we were really excited. We had all this stuff momentum. We had this first show on our belt. We basically sold yeah, out the whiskey we where we got to start. Other, yeah, and we started getting other bookings going. Our every uh, we had shows booking, and uh, everything was going great. And then that coronavirus hit. You know. Now I I know well, speaking with you beforehand. Um, Steve, uh, I mean, Mark, you uh, you had mentioned that your uh, creativity, and I've talked to a lot of people, a lot of musicians, a lot of artists in this time period, seems like the creativity is going off the charts all the way around. You said you're having the best time as far as putting new material together. Am I right? Yeah, I've been oh, yeah. basically doing a whole, whole, I've been doing a whole new record at my house recording and trying to like, keep my fucking creative mojo flowing because uh you know once we got this reunion thing together there was like a a really big adrenaline hype and buzz and coolness about it Uh, and then we just got shut down so uh you know i've been making this record for a a year before we even got together again so uh, i put all that into making the new record my solo record yeah so i know that both you guys have been doing your own separate thing i know uh Joe, you've been with uh, Beautiful Creatures, and uh, you've all you've been with Beautiful Creatures, and Mark, you've mm-hmm. been with Unsung Heroes, and so you guys haven't been out of touch as far as like the music scene is concerned. And it, it I wanted to really get your take now that Bang Tango is back together, and uh, we're able to start talking Bang Tango again. As far as the current rock scene in the United States is concerned. Uh, it, it feels like something's lacking as opposed to the last time that you guys were on the same page. 
what do you think is missing from today's rock scene? Yeah, I wouldn't know. I mean, I, I don't know. I, you know, it's it's strange. It's ever, ever evolving, you know. I think every time I hear something that I like, I just kind of, oh, that's cool. But I, I don't really, I don't know. That's a very good question. I mean, the, the rock scene nowadays is, I wouldn't know because I'm not, you know, out there right now. I'm in quarantine. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Now, well, I mean, Everything as far as making music, so you you know, rock yeah. had a pre- rock was the top of everyone's charts for so long, and then it started dying out. I'd say probably mid '90s, early 2000s, and it feels like everything's either garnered towards country music or hip hop, pop music, and rock yeah. isn't being given the focus that it once had. Um, is there a way yeah. of getting that back as far as you guys see it? You know, it's it's got to be, you know, it's got to be one of those things. I believe that it's got to be called back, you know. I mean, it's got to be one of those things where, you know, bands that are current and bands that are – bands. well, the way I think is the bands that are current and then maybe the bands that are not so current, either from the past or whatever, I think – I believe that, that – if you throw them mixed up together, that, that might make a difference, you know, because a lot of times these kids, because I was in one band and then I used to be in another. So I played the Ozfest compared to playing a whole bunch of bang tango tours too. So there's really not that much difference. The only problem is, is a lot of them go, oh, I didn't know about you guys. I didn't know about you guys. And the reason why it's because it wasn't their genre, but when they find out about it, you know, they kick in. So I think you got to mix right. it a little bit. That's the only way I think it will happen. And as far as the current, as far as the current trend of what's popular right now, like you mentioned, the top billboards, rap, hip hop, country, uh, not rock right now. Th- there's such an undercurrent and fan base for rock music still, and we all know that it's still out there. It's it you know so so it's not you know currently on Billboard. It's not currently. Uh, you know, on the charts these days, whatever whatever the music industry is these days, which is a complete mystery to me, um, I still feel that plenty of rock music is, and fans are still supportive of what we do or what any rock band does. It's still there. It's just not on the radar as far as, like, you know, uh, the commercial aspect of it. Right. <clears throat> which, I mean, it, it kind of gives it more of a authentic rock feel, man. I, I know it's always been the brews on the music industry, and it's always been, you know, the as far as different rock movements are concerned, it was always, you know, a little better once it was under the taboo kind of feel. But um, I, I also had a couple questions that I wanted to ask you guys regarding, um, you know, the time period that you guys came out was 1990. I have, uh, we've had a couple people on this show, a couple bands on this show, bands like Sick Vicky or Roxy Blue that came out about the same time period as you guys. And a, a couple different bands got totally mislabeled coming out at that time period. A lot of people, your band included, was considered by some to be hair band, unjust, unjustly so. And just kind of lumped in and looked over while grunge came in and everything else came in. And I, I feel there's a lot of good bands that came out at that time period that weren't given the right welcome, if you know what I mean. Did yeah. you guys yeah. feel that way? 
Um, Joe. You go, Joe. Go? Uh, well, I, I personally, I mean, I mean, we've always been, uh, you know, I mean, you know, I hate to sound so cliche, but we're so misunderstood. Um, it, it, it's more of true. It's more of right. these things. I could, I could, in my opinion, this is going to sound crazy, but. At that time, we were young, and it, everything happened very fast. And so I think it was one of these things where, you know, see, because with our band, the music we were listening to, and when we made music, uh, when we got together and started making music together in that time, that period of time, I mean, I'm talking in the get-go, none of us ever in our minds were thinking anything like glam. I mean, listen to the album. It tells you right there. It's all bam, you know, and all these killer right. guitar riffs going on. But it wasn't meant, you know, it was, got, you know, why do you think our single, the first single we have is bass driven? Well, that was because we were listening to, you know, there, some of us were listening to more uh, goth, you know, old stuff like The Cure and Susie and the Banshees. And so we were kind of leaning in that direction, not not really having that direction, but we were leaning kind of that kind of thing, you know, the cult and Southern Death Cult. And I, <laughs> this is going to sound crazy, but we were in New York. And, you know, like I said, we've never really been in any magazines or anything yet. The album's not even out or coming out or something. And we were walking by a music uh, uh, newsstand, and I picked up this magazine and opened it up. And there's a full-page picture of us, you know, and it looks really cool. It's real, you know, cool looking. And it's, it, But the thing is, then when you turn the page, you had Warrant, and you had Poison, and then you had, you know, whatever band of the time that was big. And and we're like, okay, why are we in this magazine when we're not even anything like these guys? This is weird to us, right. you know. Their their music is completely different. And then we looked at each other, and go, man, I've never been in a magazine. Look how cool that is, you know. <laughs> so it was kind of. I think we were all more stoked because the guy was such a good at what he did back then. The guy, uh, and 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 so we're suddenly in all these magazines, and we we weren't shying away from it. But you know, if you see our show. The hardest thing they had, I think, for the band itself, which I don't really think it hurt us. It just kind of made us – I mean, the hardest thing for the label and other people were like, what do we do? Try to put them out with the Chili Peppers, or do we try to put them out with Poison or somebody, you know, or who knows? Right. Or Yeah, Mark, we, were like, know? we were like completely misunderstood as a band. I mean, we, we, we didn't want anything to do with the hair bands of the Sunset Strip, and, you know, we, we yeah. had an alternative – alternative kind of uh, direction and sound and influence with our music. And, uh, you know, people misunderstood us as like a sunset strip hair band. I mean, I can't stand that fucking term hair band. It's just the worst. Right. And, you know, for anybody, it's a stupid hair band, really. So, yeah, anyway, so, so we were, this band was stuck in this pigeonhole of like, you know, like Joe said, like crossing over to like an alternative kind of Chili Peppers, uh, Jane's Addiction, these alternative kind of bands coming out of the same scene that we felt we were more part of that. But they looked at us and we uh, as a Sunset Strip band. And then the Sunset Strip bands wouldn't take us in because we were this alternative band. So we were, we had a very unique sound. It was so different. And our influences were drawn from of so many different kinds of music that people just didn't know what to do with us. You know, it was, it was tough for us. I mean, now, talking fans. influences, talking influences, Joe, I have to ask you just because I'm such a hardcore uh, Aerosmith fan. My, my yo- youngest son's name is Tyler. Um, oh, watching attack of life, the documentary that you guys put out, 
some of the scenes and some of the clothing that I that I watched you wear look like Steven Tyler was a big influence on you. Am I wrong? I mean, I mean, he was, but it wasn't like you know. It's funny because I I've only met him once, and what I did, I just kind of had a pair of jeans and a shirt on, whatever, marking towards him, and he was talking to all these girls around him, and he moves them aside, and he puts his hands out, and he goes, "Son." And I go, Dad! <laughs> Everybody freaks out. <laughs> but it, 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 I didn't, uh, I mean, yeah, big influence, big influence. I got to say, definitely. Him and James Brown and all those kind of scat daddies, you know. Because I would, I would see it in, your, in, in some of the ways that you sang, some of the clothing that you wore, even some of the moves that you had on stage were reminiscent of Tyler. And I got to say, know, man, he, you guys... You guys really, really, I mean, I'm really excited for things to get back to normal so that you guys are actually able to go back out on the road. We are too, man. I'm tired of taking penis selfie pics and stuff, you know? So. Hey, we're 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 big we're big Aerosmith fans. It's pretty obvious, you know. I mean, I mean when I when I met Joe, I'm like, this guy's a Steven Tyler. And I, I'm a Joe Perry fan. It's just you know, <laughs> that, that, that's, we're not we're not going to fool anybody, of course. You it's know, we're also Jimmy Page and rubber plant fans. Yeah. You know, we're big Zeppelin yeah. fans. You know, we're we're Keith and Mick. We we love all that. You know, that classic rock stuff. I mean, it's all over the place musically. Yeah, you now, know, uh, is like the royalty to us. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Now with uh, with as as well, Joe. I mean, I always tell people like I I've listened to Bang Tango since you guys first came out, but I always kind of said that Joe was a mix of Tyler and Ian Asbury, and I was like, which yeah. both sides are so uh, diverse from each other. But that was kind of how the Bang Tango sound was. I mean, now now with all this time gone by, is there any chance on new material for you guys? Oh yeah, definitely. We um, Mark and I are been leaning towards it. We're just trying to get a little more. We see no nobody expected this whole virus to happen, and when it did, we were. You know, it's kind of one of those things you get going on the bike and you're hauling ass going, this is killer. And all of a sudden, out of nowhere, both tires go flat. You're like, what do we do now, man? You know, so we're yeah. just kind of waiting. To, yeah, and, and, you know, we're already leaning towards that right now as we speak, trying to trying to work on some material. I know Mark's got stuff going constantly. I do my own style of writing here at home, but, you know, which is not my music style. I meant like I record my voice and listen back to some of the words. I record everything I come up with. So, um, and then, you know, Mark and I will get together and it'll just, it jives every time. So, you know, that's where we're at. Yeah. Yeah. We plan to get it. We plan to get it together. We're just like stuck in this weird scenario in this weird time. And, you know, um, it's, it's tough to do it. Like, you know, this, this type of band, like me and Joe need to be in the room kind of, um, to write stuff together. I mean, Rather right. than doing the you know the virtual reality of sending blah 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 here's this try this you know, I don't know this this band's pretty much like organic and live where we need to be in the room together all of us and kind of throw stuff together and that will happen once we get through all this and we get back together again and do stuff you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, so I, I wanted to ask you guys as far as uh, copyrights or and stuff are concerned, did, did you guys maintain the rights? From the first couple albums, I don't know. 
Mark, did we? <laughs> uh, you know, that, that's just such a difficult question. Uh, there's really no answer to that. You know, MCA I mean, I asked, owned our, I asked mainly I mean, because kind of, of uh, that, that's kind of hard. To, that's kind of hard to answer. I mean, no, of course not, we, get, not, we get royalties off of it, but it's kind of like MCA like own the rights to the song. You know, it's, it's right. It's, it's so complicated that it's not even it's an easy answer. It's very yeah. But, but um, I mean, I you asked, know. I, this would be an I asked because of, of uh, because of love after death. Now with everyone able to engineer things at home and things being a little bit different than it was back then, is there any possibility of you guys having a proper release of that album? I mean, I would love to see that happen. You know, we've been offered we've been offered some like small time weird stuff, but it's like uh, it's it's just so complicated. I don't I don't even really know who owns that rights to that record i mean joe do you like who owns the rights well, to love after death i mean we'll probably you know well, i'm sure we can release it on like a bootleg kind of big deal you know um, yeah yeah it's just it's it's no, weird uh, we've just we've had a, a really rough time with the industry <laughs> like it's there were too many cooks in the kitchen with our career we had so many people um kind of like we've taken our yeah, career in different ways yeah yeah, we had at one point every everybody had a hand in our our business. You know what I mean? And it got so convoluted. I mean, I, I believe MCA probably owns that that right the rights to that right now, unless it's over. I don't know. I mean, as far as the masters, we have the masters. You know? Yes, exactly. I mean, just thinking about how easy it is to put things out from, from a home studio. Now I'd love to see you guys put that out as an official release. Cause I mean, I think yeah. the fans are fans have been wanting that forever. That was kind of our Holy grail to be honest with you. It was the last thing we all recorded together as our lineup, as this lineup and uh, the originals. And I, I mean, I don't know. I haven't done anything in my mind that that competes with that album. That album was it is still badass. And even when I play songs sometimes for people, they just kind of think it's something that just came out today. And I'm like, no, you don't understand. <laughs> you know, yeah. but it's it, it is it is a really badass album. It's got every kind of color, everything you can imagine. And but that's just part of Bang Tango. We don't like asking us, what do you think of the current? conditions of the rock and roll world well most likely we're not going to know because we're so busy trying to do our own thing we don't even know what's right. going on out there as far as I, you know and do i care you know if i hear a good song killer but it doesn't mean you know what i mean we don't we have like bang tango us guys right here we only have one way of doing things and that's no direction and keep going and then when it comes out and, and it smells good and looks sweet we're good then we're cool you know what I mean? Absolutely. Now, uh, the other question I had was with Attack of Life, uh, and just thinking about putting things out, are you guys actually, I mean, with the band back together, maybe you guys could put that out now officially? There, no, you know, so much good stuff that wasn't really released, released, that I think what, the fans what you said, a, you said Attack of Life. Attack of Life? That's what you said. That's, that's the, yeah, the documentary. Oh, no, no. I don't want anything to do with that thing. <laughs> I don't want to do that. Oh, my God. What's the Attack of Life? I'm thinking of the song. I think we released that on Psycho Cafe. <laughs> uh, oh, the documentary. Well, that's just that's just on YouTube. That's pretty much where it's, it's going to fit. I really put
I heard it got it got like really bad reviews from the from Hollywood. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Really? No, dude. <laughs> that documentary, yeah, that's funny. I'd like to do another one though, you know. I I yeah, love the guy one, documentary and get back together. Yeah, I mean we're back together, you know. And so, so who knows if we do another record, maybe we could do the making of the the next one, you know, something kind of cool like that. Yeah. Now, totally. Um, now, as far as um, as far as unsung heroes and beautiful creatures are concerned, the the biggest thing that I noticed is you guys are almost completely different sounds as far as your solo material is concerned, because. Uh, Joe, you lean more towards the heavy, and I mean, Mark, you seem to be more blues driven and almost more soulful. Whereas Joe's got got kind of the heavy hard rock sound to it. Uh, do you guys find it that way? Uh, we didn't well, plan on we didn't Mark we didn't I, plan I, on. Yeah. Let, let me try, let me do this. Okay, because you got to understand something. Mark and I love the same music. It just goes without saying. I play a song for him. The the heavy stuff there that you heard me do with Beautiful Creatures, um, there was a lot of hands in that album. You know what I mean? And as right. far as being heavy, at the time and the way I was feeling in the, in the conditions of my career and everything else and getting ready to do this album – it was just like let's just let, let's just turn up the volume and, and, and be mean as hell. You know what I mean? As much right. as we could within the realm, and and we did, you know, and that was cool and it was really fun. But if if you put all that aside and and say myself or Mark, you know, it like uh, and you know we we listen to a lot of the same stuff as as far as I'm I know and concerned. You know, Mark and I have always kind of clicked on on that which is really actually more towards what Mark's doing, you know. Mark just stuck with it. I just got rich. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good one. No, no. no you know actually, somebody, actually, if you – I took the money. Can I, can I say something here? Listen, so, like, this is pretty funny. Because towards the end of uh, – what was the last record we did? Uh, Love After Death. There's a couple of songs in there, like, going to make you feel like uh, – there's some funky blues kind of stuff that I was trying to yeah. lead the band in that direction with Joe. We were both kind of on the same page, mm-hmm. like you said. Uh, and I thought that's where we were going and that's where I wanted to go with it. And I, you know, eventually did it on my own because the split up of the band at the time. But, um, you know, we've always been on the same page, but, you know, we've got, you know, three other members in the band that um, have different influences and people, our oh, fans yeah. want heavy stuff, you know, and this and that, you know, so, I mean, my solo stuff, I've been doing my solo stuff for like 20 years on my own. So it's like yeah. I've progressed and, and continue to do like what I hear in my head and, you know, my songs mm-hmm. and blah, blah, blah. Uh, but like as far as Bang Tango, there's always this like common thread between um, what I do yeah. and what I did with the band and Joe. And me and Joe, like he said, we definitely have the same influences. And, oh, yeah. you know, I, I mean, think we probably lean right? on that, that direction. Yeah, and and then you know you got to remember I I was in a in a very lucky position at the time and you know and and so I kind of took it and it was kind of to be more of a heavy ACDC type thing going on and you know I said yeah I'm a board but you know I did that I, it served its purpose and I'm you know still doing Bang Tango now with Bang Tango that's my passion so that means you know it's still going to be that way it's still going to have you know we're we're still the same guys that think in terms of 
you know, old school meets, you know, just roots and blues and things like that. That's how we are. And then, like he said, we got three other guys that have other influences, especially Kyle Kyle. He comes in and lays down these badass bass lines, and he does it right. because, you know, he it's coming from some other place, you know. So there's there's a really nice uh, mix of, of – a very nice mix between all of us, I think. Very uh, cohesive and, and no, not at the same time. We're shabby has chic, there, really. But. Has there been any changes since, I mean, you guys well, haven't played yeah, live together in 20 thing. years. Um, was there any change in direction once you guys got back together as far as sound is concerned? Or you guys pretty much got right back yeah, on the same played, page? We, we, were play, we were just playing the old songs, so there was no change. We were just trying to, like, relearn yeah, the mean, songs, <laughs> right? Yeah. <laughs> We had a couple guys. We had a couple guys. A couple people tell. A couple people told me, and uh, is uh, man, it sounded like I was listening to the record like a stereo. And and being from where I came from to back to the, the original lineup, it was it felt that way too. I felt like I was just singing along to the perfect tempo, the perfect. You know what I mean? So it felt right. really good. The, the feeling was there again. So that's what, if that's what you're wondering. It, oh yeah, you know. We now, just, Joe, we just I'm learned the songs the way, the way they were recorded, the bass played. Yeah. So, Joe, I'm a lifelong singer, and I got to ask, as far as maintaining your voice, and now that we're we're all getting older and different mm-hmm. things happen with our throats, with our voices, do you, do you practice warm-ups before you hit the stage? Yeah, and what goes into prepping before you hit the stage? I do about an hour and a half of warm-ups, um, and then I, afterwards I try to warm down. Man, I'm a, I, you know, I, 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 uh, I didn't really. I, for, I went many years without even caring. You know, uh, this last period of my life, uh, and I didn't care too much. So I feel bad for a lot of people out there that I sang through just kind of not just stone cold. You know what I mean? And uh, but. Things have changed a lot for me, and, and, and yeah, and I'm older, so, you know, when you hear songs like certain songs, it's, you know, but I still, I don't know, you know, it's weird. I, the way I sing is, like, so strange because I don't, I don't feel like it hurts my voice or changes my voice at all. Like, I used to tell people my high-end range, which is what most people are concerned with when they say, can you still do that? Because you're dealing with songs, like I said, we wrote back then, you know what I mean? And and normally, like now, I don't know if I'd ever write something like that. That's that's way up there, man. When you get uh, when you start listening to like songs, like I said, New Generation and things like that, you know, I was on a very high range. And so when we got back together as the original lineup and we were doing these songs, I was like, who's the guy that sang this stuff? You know. <laughs> <laughs> but. Uh, yeah, everything's fine with me, man. My voice has always been my, you know, I got that one thing where it just doesn't go away, it doesn't break, it just keeps going, you know. I and, just call, you know, call what, it up and it's time to go to work. One of, the, uh, one of the other questions that I wanted to ask you guys, it's something that I've been kicking around in my own brain for a long time, never really seemed to find a answer for, is any ideas as far as when it came to, commercial radio in certain bands it seemed like certain bands got a pass and became radio uh radio friendly as far as like bon jovi or def leppard or guns N' roses while other bands never got to see the light of day and still don't see the light of day on the commercial radio any idea why that is 
Is there a yeah, favoritism that goes on with commercial radio? Well, yeah. I mean, in, in, in all honesty, hell yeah, man. Are you kidding me? It's like they walk in and you got one guy that works at a record label and the other guy that works at the record label. Well, the one guy that works at the label, he'll tell you he's all that in a bag of tricks, you know. But the difference is, is the guy, the other guy happens to be higher up on the totem pole now. And so when the higher up guy, he wants to break his band, well, they start throwing all their money behind the higher up guy's band. The other guy, the higher up guy's band, man, they're getting played 10, 20 times a day. Not because they're better or, or the other band that's not getting played sucks. It's not that, man. It's all about the cash that they're throwing behind that band. And before you know it, the first time you hear them, you go, oh, this sucks, man. But then, I don't know. Three weeks later or a couple months later, you're singing along to that song. Why? Because it's been shoved down your throat every day. Exactly. Yeah. You know what? It's, it's like the old school mafiosa like record industry yeah, but that's bullshit, it. which is payola. It's like payola. Yeah. Like, so this is going back yeah. like the 70s where yeah. like, Joe's right. Like somebody with some cash, somebody with some promotion, somebody that, you know, has Bigger more ends with people, yeah. they'll get those songs played. I mean, we did pretty well. Like someone like you. I mean, we we were on MTV. We were like top requested video on MTV every day was going on. You know, I mean, it wasn't like we were getting um, any sort of respect or acknowledged as a, a, a single, but you're right. We, you know, we didn't get the Bon Jovi exposure, but then again, we were a different sounding band. Like those are, those right. bands you mentioned like are straight up mm-hmm. pop bands, like pop metal hair bands, you know, hair bands. Yeah. But those bands yeah. you just mentioned were all like, they were like corporate Single single bands. We we had this different yeah. sound. Except you mentioned GNR, which you know well, that was a, that was a, what you basically what you're saying is they're all safe bands. You know they call they have a name for them. They're called safe. They're safe because they're not trying. They're not they're not trying to do anything different. You know they're not trying to step outside and be angry. They're not trying to show the true. You know what I mean? There's nothing. Right. There's not much of a substance there. But when you get over to bands that start throwing things like funk bass or weird lyrics or a strange voice, they go, oh, we can't do that, Bob, because it's a little too scary for me. You know what I mean? Right. At the time. At the time. You're right, Joe. At at that time, he's exactly right. And that's when the grunge thing came in and everybody took chances on different shit, you know? And then, then they started, then you get one or two labels that take a chance and it blows up and all the other labels go, you know, I should have done that. I could have done that. And let's go get a band like that. And, and it's just, it's kind of a political joke really, but that was then, you know, like you said, that was then nowadays, little Billy's in his basement making an album that sounds like it's put out by, you know, the biggest producer in the world or something. You're like, yeah, and things like that. So, you know, it's all in your, your own thing, you know. I mean, a lot, some people I've been told, you know, art, this type of music and our type of band is a guilty pleasure, you know. But right, yeah, we become a least, guilty pleasure. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. And the funny thing about it is, at least I always look at them and say, at least we're a pleasure, right? <laughs> but I don't have a guilty. Yeah, you know, because it always it always drove me nuts that you know if you listen to classic rock radio. They they might play one of those bands that I mentioned, and the rest yeah. hasn't changed in the past forty years. They haven't added anything to their their catalog, and yeah. it just I, I don't understand why some bands seem to have been left behind while other bands seem to just. I mean, 
certain bands are well, still out there putting new new material out there, and you wouldn't know it unless you were really well, into those, the band. Those bands, like Joe said, those bands are like I, I hate to use the word safe, but they're just pop songwriting machines. Like Bon Jovi yeah. has incredibly great songs. Yeah, I mean, that's, the, you, know, I, I you can't take anything away from and, that. And for 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 the average listener, you know, you know, eighteen year old, twenty year old, forty year old now, or fifty year old. Bon Jovi still rings true to them because those songs are accessible and pop and good songs, you know, and right. that's, that's part of the reason, you know. He, he, you know, like I say, yeah, what he said, but um, I was thinking about it, and it's like I've toured with some of those bands and, and a lot of them, and, and, you know, I love them all. I think they're great for what they do and what they're into and everything. But at the same note, I've seen some of those guys make new albums and then they start playing that new material. And it's like some of them are still playing the same thing, just a different, you yep. know, same verse, you know, and, and, and it's just like, it's like the same thing again. I go, what you guys, you know, after all this time, that's what you're doing. And it, it's, you know, baby, baby in the backseat of my car. And I'm like, Oh God, you really sticking to this, huh? And, and yeah. I just don't see <laughs> There's no creativity there. There's no depth, you know. There's no where's Jim Morrison at? You know what I mean? It's it's right. kind of like that in my mind, you know. It's just like where where's where's that creativity at? You know, where you know you might get situations where somebody from that same genre went and did something completely different, and now he's the biggest country star. You never know, you right. know. But but the thing is, is you know, is just keep like with Bang Tango. I, that's just our thing, but it's, it's just got, you got to be prepared to hear something very organic and not as contrived, so to speak. Right. You know, that's why, that's why Psycho Cafe, uh, compared to Dancing on Coles is such a big leap. And some of our fans, um, didn't get it because we, just like Joe said, we advanced and we created a whole different kind of like sound. We brought in horns. We brought in, we just tried to like, we, we leaped so far from being this like, edgy rock band to like this big production and we were going after like the stones production and, and we just wanted to advance and we wanted to make it different and a lot of our hardcore fans think that's one of our greatest records other people are like oh you know it doesn't sound like psycho cafe but you know um it's progression and, and moving forward and just trying to be original not continually writing the same songs over and over again well you know i'm going to say one thing this is a great example a good metaphor for you for this kind of stuff. It's, it's, we think in terms of like, well, uh, well, at least I do the Rolling Stones. Okay. You got the Rolling Stones right on. That's a great band. You know, the sixties the and then you then along come the seventies and you get this disco comes along. Well, yep. guess what? Rolling Stones are still there and they're still the greatest band. What did they do during that time? Like, can like try we had grunge. Into their music. We had, <laughs> you look at it like they, we had, they, we had grunge, they had disco, but they still endured it. How did they do that? They remained to be themselves mostly, you know what I mean? And, and I, I'm, I'm looking at it like Bane Tango. We just do what we do and just keep going. And if it sounds something new or we're, like I said, there's no pre thought into this whole thing. It's just natural, you know? So my last question for you guys, my last question for you guys is now with all the time that's, that's transpired from 1990 to 2020, what is, as far as your vision is concerned, for, this goes to both of you guys, what do you see for the future of Bang Tango and what are you guys really looking forward to next? Yeah. <laughs> 
Yeah, yeah, that's easy, man. I want to do a new. I want to tour first. I want to do a new album, a new CD, or whatever the new download. I don't know what, but uh, <laughs> you know, I want to do some new music and put it out there because, like, Mark, like we've been saying, it's a very organic thing, and I'd love to hear people say, "Wow, man, listen, you know, you're you're driving down the road and you're going." Honey, you remember that band Bang Tango? Well, God damn it, that's their new song, and they're kicking ass. <laughs> you know, <laughs> you know. <laughs> but uh, I you think know what from, I mean. I think it's from, like, why not, man? I, I, I mean, shoot, I've seen I've seen bands like you haven't heard from them in a while. All of a sudden, this song comes on. You're digging the song. It becomes, you know, it's like that. I don't. I'm not worried. I just kind of go with the flow, you know. And but it should be nice to see that happen and see all this virus crap go away some or get a cure oh, yeah. for it so we can all get back into doing what we do best, you know? I think for Probably me it's about us, the, us, the five of us. <laughs> I think it for me, hello? I think for me, I think for me, honestly, it's about the, about the five of us getting up on stage and like getting that chemistry back and delivering it back to the fans that have been waiting to see this original lineup reform again. And once we get that across to people, um, you know, creating again with the five members and, and making some new music. And I I think that's what I want out of Bang Tango, you know, just us delivering again to the fans because those people are missing it, you know. And when we played that one show at the Whiskey, it was magic, you know, and, and it just felt good yeah. to, like, give that back after 20 years of not playing together. So that's kind of where I am. Awesome. Well, Guys, thank you so much for calling in, man. It's been a blast talking to you guys. Hopefully we can get together again soon. And, uh, man, I wish the best for Bang Tango, guys. Thank you so much. You got it, TT. You have a good night. You too, guys. Enjoy the rest of your weekend. All right. Absolutely. Have a good one. Later. So, guys, that was Bang Tango, man. What a pleasure. What a blast talking to them, guys. They've had such a history together and i'm really looking forward to seeing what the future has in store for them guys it has been a great ride this week very very happy very ecstatic and uh guys i mean we are really all just looking forward to the end of all this mess this crap that's called covid hopefully we can get it out of our way and forward it to another time man next week we're going to be joined by sean pinard lead singer and the lemmy of head motor until next time guys do me a favor be good to each other and remember rock and roll have a great week guys
Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.